Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. I just want everyone to remember that this is a safe place. And we've all had bad church experiences, but I don't want anyone to be afraid to share. Mark, would you like to share your experience? I guess I will. Ever since my church experience, it's just uh, really hard for me to feel comfortable. Thanks so much for being here at church today. Before we get started, why don't you shake the hand of the person next to you and tell them good morning. Oh, come on, that wasn't that bad. I wasn't finished. Whoa. Hey, come on, brother. Bring it in. Come on. Oh, I'm not your brother, bro. It's a good Sunday, right? Here we go. Oh, I can feel your beard on my face. Come here, come here. Ooh, never mind. Well, thanks for sharing. Well, good morning and welcome to The Loft. And hey, it is Father's Day. So have you ever had a bad church experience like that when you just really don't want to hug somebody, especially after one of these sneezing moments? Uh, and I hope, I hope not. And I hope you, you've, your bad church experience is not today. You know, I, I pray that's not today. Um, hey, my name is Jason, if I hadn't had a chance to meet you. And I'm glad you joined us today on Father's Day 2017. Um, those of you who are joining online, we just want to say welcome again uh, for joining in uh, week after week. And, and if you're new with us, if you're new with us today, we are in part three, part three uh, of our summer series. Uh, uh, and I would encourage you to go back online and at least check them out, check our podcast out, because it will sort of bring you up to speed or bring you up to date of where we've been. And so we can find ourselves all on the same page today. We've been discussing our bad church experiences because we all know if we grew up here in, in our area, in our local area, we call home where we call Kentucky. Um, you've probably had a bad church experience, haven't you? I mean, I see some nodding people. You got that going on? And just, just come on. Let's just be honest. This is, it's all, let's just show that we're not alone, right? If you've had a bad church experience, just a show of hands, just go ahead and slip it up. Come on, be honest. See, look, you're not alone. Welcome. This is group therapy. Welcome to the loft. Um, you know, won't, won't point your name out, but, uh, you know, the truth is they leave scars, don't they? They leave scars. They, they hurt. They hurt deep inside. And maybe today you're still struggling. You're still struggling with that one moment, that one moment that was years ago, that was years ago, or maybe it was last month. Maybe it was even last month, or maybe it was even last week. And the truth is, I hope we can today begin to take a step forward towards Christ and begin to seek some healing in only ways he can get the credit for and experiencing a great church experience with Jesus Christ at the center of everything. And so before we get rolling in and dive in today, I just want to give you a sneak peek of where we're going next week. And so next week, James Hun is, is taking the lead with my bad church experience. And you just don't want to miss it, man. If you know James, you just want to be here. Uh, and the truth is, he's going to be talking about, we've all got questions. We've all got questions about the Bible, faith, God, Jesus, or even church, you know, what's wrong, what's right. And each of us, at least one God question that's rattling around in your brains and in the back of your minds that you really are seeking answers for, but you're afraid to ask it, right? 
And for many of us in, in the area that we grew up in, uh, bringing that, our questions to, to church created a bad church experience. And we're not trying to cause a problem. Uh, we're not trying to cause a problem, but we just had that one question and we just really wanted answered. But that question about God wasn't welcome in the house of God. It just wasn't allowed. And, and, it, and it maybe it just it hurts you. Maybe it hurts you. And so next week, I want, I want you to literally, this whole coming week, I want you to call James Hunt. His phone number's here. And I want you to pepper him with all the questions that you have. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but literally, that's what we're going to be doing. But for us today, for us today, uh, I just want to start off with one simple question. One simple question. Uh, and I want your honest answers, right? You know, honesty pays, right? Have you, and, and, and if you have, just, just quick, another show of hands. Let's just see how, how we are. Show of hands, and we're just going to ask this one thing. I promise, I, here, as a pastor, I promise, right? I promise not to judge you, but God will. And so, um, have you ever been bored in church? Now, some of you are like, uh, I, 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 yeah, I got one person, that, Mr., yeah, or there you got one, he's still holding his hand up. He's going for it. You know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's one of those moments where you're just like, ah, I wish it would just end for the, I just got to get somewhere. And of course, it's not this church, right? Yeah, I know it's not this church, right? Uh, but if you're honest, we've all been bored in church. We've all been bored in church at one point in our life, and it's just one of those things where, you know, it causes us to daydream, it causes us to wonder, it causes all kinds of issues in our personal life because our wife is sitting there elbowing us, right, you know? And for the men, you know, honestly, I've seen more men in my entire life, especially in church, that sort of use church. They get bored and they sort of catch a nap, right? They sort of just they catch those winks. It's the holy prayer, you know, and then they got the lean prayer going on, you know. Uh, you know, they blame it on everything. So, uh, but I promise you, I brought some M80s today. And this is not going to be a boring church today. So if the first person I catch that goes to sleep, it's going to get really lively underneath your seat. All right, so uh, this is going to be really fun here in a minute. Um, but the truth is, you know, uh, th- things are really going to get interesting here in a moment because we're going to really seek out God and we're going to ask him some tough things and we're going to pour, pour out scripture in a way that really hopefully challenges who you are and understands that maybe it's a relationship thing that can change your boredom in church. And what I've learned is for a lot of people in our area is their experiences going to church are not objectionable. Um, they, they are kind of dull. They, they just literally are dull. Church is all about a safe area and a predictable routine. Even this week, I, I was hanging around some students, and, and they, they all said the same thing. They can predict everything in their church from the start to the finish, and, and it's just kind of boring to them. It is, there's no more, you know, like, it, 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 you know, you know, moment that literally captures their, their heart and their mind, and, and they've, put him, they've put God in this experience into this little small box, and I don't think that's what it was supposed to look like. And you see, nothing is said or, or done appears to have any connection into their daily lives. It's more about a religion and do's and don'ts. It's a set of a list of what not to do and to do, and it causes people to stray away because there is no personal connection. Does that sound familiar? That, that kind of church makes it seem like God is kind of safe, right? He's very predictable and has no connection to my intimate world. 
And that's a dangerous place because God is in the, it literally in it to, for a relationship to be enjoyed by you and your heart. And so you can be more devoted and grow intimately with him. Not a religion to be endured. Not a religion to be endured. It kills everything he set in motion when we switch it to something he, we, can, we have to endure. And it just, I guarantee it just breaks the heart of God when we sit through another church service just sort of thinking what's next or falling asleep and just daydreaming and just saying these words, man, I'm just bored. I think he, he wants so much more from us, even sitting here in a seat. He desires so much more because he wants your intimate thoughts. He wants your heart to turn and he wants everything to change so you can go out and be a difference maker and multiply. Just like the song, was that an awesome, awesome worship? Just like that moment right there in that worship, we want to multiply. That doesn't happen from boredom. It just doesn't. Now, since that you were honest earlier with me about raising your hands and being bored in church, and I'm going to be truthful, even I have, okay? As a pastor, I, I sort of get bored some days in church. You know, and growing up, I used to get in trouble at church, uh, you know, uh, when I got bored. I'm just going to be straight on, honest with you, all right? So you guys raise your hand. I'm going to tell you a little bit about me. Uh, when my mom used to wander in church, and I grew up right down the street, right, in a church, uh, my parents, you know, both sang in the choir. Uh, and so they knew as well when that moment took place when I started to get bored because they, you know, they, they, their eyes were like heat-seeking missiles. <laughs> you know, they saw me starting to get bored, and there was like laser beams right on top of me, and I could feel the intensity of the heat. And then I knew that I was doing something wrong. And so, you know, I, just, I could just feel the presence of the Almighty Father, which was my, my dad, you know. And I knew that I should act right instead of acting out. And it was one of those moments where, you know, if you're bored and you, you love aviation, you can sort of see where I'm going with this one. Bulletins are the greatest paper planes ever. And you can make little stump planes and you can throw those dudes and they can come back to you. And during the prayers sometimes, I would take, and don't judge me, by the way. I would, I would take those paper airplanes and I would throw them and would do a loop-de-loop and it'd come back to me. And the guy sitting beside me, he thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But, you know, that's what I used to do and I got bored in church and I would just do this and I'd throw it to me and it'd come back, back around. And some days it wouldn't make it back around and it would end up near the pulpit. Uh, those are some interesting moments, and those are laser beams, by the way. Those are some powerful laser beams. Uh, there are some other times I remember, you, you know those little, uh, if you grew up in church, you know, you get your pews and you get those little rubber stoppers you put your communion cup in. Okay, I was notorious for taking those things out and, and, you know, rolling them down the pew and see if I could get it stopped right before the edge, before it falls off. And we, me and my buddy Stephen, we used to do this back and forth, back and forth. But on occasion, it would not stop where we needed it to stop. And it would just go boop all the way across the whole front end of the sanctuary. And, and the pastor, I never, I never will forget this. One day, he, he clearly just called us out and said, I guess there's mouses running across. No, wait a minute. It's the stoppers in our pews. Jason, would you like to come get it? I was like, oh, man, total humiliation. Um, but I also remember growing up as a youth, you know, I sort of got bored, and, you know, I, it just didn't stop. Don't judge me, by the way. You know you did it too. Um, you know, it, this is before cell phones, so you had to keep yourself busy, right? Um, and I can remember counting the times like a pastor would say the same word over and over again, right? And so every five times he would say it, I would go like this. 
just for fun, right? Just, just for fun. And, and, and my youth pastor thought it was the funniest thing in the world, so we'd keep track, you know, and just every five words, you know, and people were like, praise God? No, five times, you know. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those moments in a Baptist church, you just, you got to know. So, um, and, and if you've ever been in a sermon, right, and you can never been in a sermon, you know by the tone of the voice of the preacher, you've got that monotone. And after five minutes, you're, you're, you're trying your best, but you stayed out way too late last night. And you just, you know, had some fun on the lake yesterday, or, or maybe it's been a long week. But after five to ten minutes, you know, of listening to this sermon, you know, you begin to zone out. And everything that that guy says now sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. And you're just trying to lean in with all your mind but you can't understand a word. It is literally over your head. And you're just, you know, it's the one of those moments in a church sermon that's the first time that you've ever prayed in a long time. And it's like, Lord, please end this quickly. And I promise I'll be back next week. You know, you're making promises on your own, right? And for some of you, a boring sermon is the best time to check on Facebook, right? Let's just be honest. Playing a game for some of, I know you guys don't do that here. Uh, checking sports, you know, you're trading on fantasy football. Come on, you've never done that, right? Um, you're checking your emails, you're making your to-do list for next week, your cooking schedule. In fact, you know, the fact that we're even bored at church, if we're just completely honest this morning, if I've drawn, you know, there's this huge climax already in the sermon, the fact that we're even bored at church is not the issue at all. And I don't even take offense that the way we get because of the pressure the pressure that is put on the person who is sitting right here with this microphone. And if you think about that, on any given Sunday across the world, the person with the microphone, the pressure that it comes from literally having to speak to people. Think about it. Come on. Let's lean into to, to perspective here. If I or anyone else who speaks can keep your attention for over 30 minutes, it's remarkable. I mean, I have to be, or the person has to be kind of interesting, right? They got to be interesting. Just to be honest with you, they have to be able to be caring, vulnerable. They got to share stories that are really, you know, hey, I used to make paper airplanes too. I'm not alone. We can't have a club, right? You know, you got to be respectable in their community. You got to be intelligent. That one I missed out on. You got to be creative. You got to come up with cool ideas to be able to literally allow the people to just, to, wow, that's, that makes sense to me. You got to be transparent. You got to be able to at least be open and just transparent, allow them to in, inside your, your walk, which is very, very intimate and challenging. You got to be consistent. You have to constantly be consistent with the word of God and allowing us to just move in, into a more intimate relationship. You know, we're not even getting to the, the moment of, of theological moments where they you know, the person's speaking from the word or they're speaking on their own. We got to have someone that's humorous, right? You got to keep their attention. You got to throw that one liner in there that's funny every once in a while. You got to be innovative. You got to be literally innovative in a way that no one else is doing the same thing, especially if you're going after fish who are not in church. Think about that. They got to be authentic. They got to be authentic in a way that literally you can see them and you know them on the street. And you're like, that is the same person that's walking on the street that is up here with the microphone. He's not putting on a show. It's just who he is. And the last one, they got to be honest. You know, there's nothing better than an honest person in life to be around. They'll treat you the same way. 
no matter where you are in life, no, who, no matter who you are, no matter if you're the richest of rich or you're the dirtiest of poors, it doesn't really matter. You gotta be honest in your approach and, and honest with, before God and allow uh, that honesty to love all who comes your way. And, and if you come next week, if you come next week, I promise you, you won't, you won't, you won't be disappointed because James Hunt has all those talents. You know, he has all those capabilities. I'm just kidding. But being bored in church is not the real problem. It's not the real problem. The problem is, is the longer you remain bored in church, the longer you remain bored in church, the more you just endure church. And you begin to endure God and what he can do with your life. And that's dangerous. You begin to endure life, and that's a miserable feeling. Has anybody ever been miserable? Yeah? My hunch tells me it's because you've endured some things. And the longer, if we're talking about what we're talking about being spiritual side, the longer we endure church, the more likely we are to endure God. And that is so dangerous. The longer we endure church, the more likely we are to endure God. And when we endure church and we begin to endure God, we begin to discredit who God is and what he's done in our life. And one of the reasons why I think we, we do this is because we have been given a picture of what God is and, and what church is in our culture. Think about it. If you've grown up in church, we often tend to lean into this, this checklist of things. We begin to just show up, right? Do we get to show up? Check. Got, got a checklist going on? Check. Uh, to, to give, right? To, to give our, our, our resources away? Check. To serve, you know, we, it's one of those moments where we get to give back in a different way with our time and our talent. Check. And so this one's more challenging, but to, to love on our enemy because the Bible says so. So I'm just going to walk across the room and just, hey, good morning, you know, but check. Got, got that one done. I, I got a bonus point for that one, God. You know, I got my big badge on. And I love this one, you know, because the truth is, you know, do not cuss in church. Check, you know, some of you got your mouths, you know, going on. I love the shirt that's out right now. It says, you know, um, I, I, I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. Uh, you know, that, that, that's a, it's a great shirt because it fits most of you. Let's just be honest, right? <laughs> I'm just calling an ace and ace. I've been around you. If we're going to be honest here this morning, I'm going to give you honesty, right? I think that should be our new church shirt. Um, but we should just be honest right now. We're just being honest, right? We, we, we put God into a box of checklists. And trust me, it becomes boring if that's what it's all about. Amen. If that's what it's all about, it really becomes boring. And I don't think at all that's what Jesus had in mind. Not just some little small checklist. Not some little small something that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but literally something that is worthwhile, explosive, life-changing, something to celebrate. And the best way, I, you know, I think we could just literally explore this is, is this idea of when we receive what Jesus is offering each day, Boring moves from a check to a change. 
when we start to receive what he has to offer, it, it goes from just a checklist to a change. Why? Because we begin to change what we care about. And we just, you know, and just going to church, it, it, it's just not just going to church. It's I get to go to church. I get to go to church. I get to serve today. I get to give a portion of my, my, my earnings that he's blessed me with because it can make a difference in our community because our church is literally for the community. I get to love on people. I get to love loud now with people that are like-minded that literally want to go serve missionally. We, and when we change what we care about, it affects our hearts, and that's exactly what Jesus came for in the first place. I mean, it, it literally changes everything. And the best way I know how to, to, to express this is, is literally, you know, I think what happens is, 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 is growing up in this culture, that we get this little picture that's passed on to us, and so we get it and we just hold on to it like this, and, and basically what's in my hand is just this little small popper, you know, a little firework popper, right? And we, we whittle this big, amazing God down to this, and we bring it out on Sundays, and it's just, you know, woohoo. And it just, it's just that fun, right? But then we just put it right back into our pocket and we store it all week long. And then we bring it right back out on Sundays and we pull it again. I really believe that's sort of what you've been past. And the God that I serve, the God that I love, the God that's changed my life, you know, this, this is not much celebration. I don't know if you can see that. I don't even know what that is. But... <laughs> I don't think that's what it should look like. I don't. I really believe that, you know, if this is what your God looks like, I really believe it should look like this because you can't put this in your pocket. And when this goes off, you know, that would have been a bad thing. But if it goes off, like, oh, my goodness, didn't mean for that to happen. That's what it should feel like. It should get your attention and people should see it clearly that we're celebrating something that is worthwhile. Yeah. And literally, there's no putting that back in your pocket. Like, you, there's, there's something different up here, and that's what people should see in you. You just cannot put this back in your pocket once you've experienced it. It's impossible, because that's what God does. He literally changes lives, and when you do that, it changes everything. It changes the way you talk, the way you look, the way you feel. And literally, it, it changes your atmosphere. It caught you off guard. I guarantee this is not a boring sermon, is it? <laughs> For those who are online, we just shot a cannon off, by the way. They literally threw confetti everywhere. And now there's, there's stuff everywhere. But this is what it should feel like when we come to church. This is what it should look like when we experience God. There should be a celebration, not a celebration. If this is what it's about, no wonder it's boring. No wonder so many teenagers, and this is what breaks my heart. I've had some spiritual conversations this week with some teenagers. And, and they just basically said, you know, this is what it feels like for them. <laughs> You're all distracted. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, I knew this was going to go bad or go good, so let's just stay in between. I've had some spiritual conversations that allowed me to at least ask some questions. And, and a lot of teenagers feel this about church. It's so predictable. It's, it's just a routine. It's just religion. And the God that we serve makes it so much more exciting. 
And if you don't want to help me help others change what we care about, then this is going to, what it's going to turn out to be. Just some programs that we get to do on Sunday and we come and do our checklist and put it back in our pocket. But he asked for so much more. And when we endure church, this is what it looks like. But when we endure Jesus, when we get to be a part of Jesus, it's fun. You don't know what's coming next. It's, it's a journey that changes lives. And when we do that, literally, get ready. Because your life is about to change. And I promise you, it may, it may be kind of hard for you at first. It may be challenging, but I promise you, seriously, think about it. You know, when we receive what Jesus is, is offering each day, boring moves from a checklist to a personal change in your heart. And when we change in our hearts, everything changes. And think about this. If you think God is boring, uh, then what you are actually saying is you're boring. He created you in his image. And everything that is around you, he, he created for you. And if you think God is boring, what you've actually done is, is talking, uh, taking the almighty God and whittling him down to that little small celebration thing. And, and I, I can't fathom that because the scriptures that I read, where, when it says he, he, he breathed the universe into existence. And he's going to come back riding on a horse with a sword out of his mouth. That's not boring, by the way. That's pretty amazing. You know, when we, when we put him in our pockets, that's not the God that I picture. When we do that, we begin to endure religion, and it affects everything we say and do in life. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever personally felt that way? I'm not going to judge you. This is between you and God. Do you feel like you're just enduring Sundays? And you're just like, I gotta go. Come on, honey, we gotta go. Come on, kids, get in the car. We gotta go. And you're just waiting for them to act up because I'm gonna turn this car around, right? You're just waiting for that. But if they don't act up on Sundays for some odd reason, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's literally like that. This, this example that we just did is it, 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 like either we're enduring God or we're enjoying God. Which one is it? Which one is it for you? Because I know and I trust he's, he's wanting to be in, in, in the moment of changing us. He wants to change us. And, 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 and I know that when we do that, it changes our culture. But you've got to be willing to open up your heart and to let him in to change you first. You have to be the number one disciple in this. No wonder if we, if we just investigate some people around us, no wonder so many people in this area are stale with, with their experiences in church. No wonder. It's because we endure things and we put God in this small version, but he's so much more. And I believe the one thing we endure, if we're honest, is church. Because we, we, we just got to go. We just got to go, right? Because mom told me to. Mom or my grandparents taught me to do this, or because we, we, we just we want to fit into this culture called Christianity, right? But deep down inside, we are bored with our own personal walk, and, 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 and we just, we're enduring God. We just go to be a part. We, if we're truthful, if we're truthful, we would rather go out on Saturday night, enjoy life for all it's worth with our friends, and not have any guilt and shame for not going to church on Sunday, would we? Because it, it, it affects who we are when we show up. 
No wonder why so many people don't want to come to church because, uh, because we're boring in our own walks and it shows and they see it and they're like, I don't want to go to church because there's no vibrancy in you about going to church. Why should we go to church? We, we, you know, we just, if we're Christians, we just endure church and, 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 and we put God simply into this little small box and, and I'm going to be straightforward with the church. There's no vibrancy in Christ when we do that, Period. Why would they want to come if there's no vibrancy in you? If they can't see it physically, why would they want to be a part of it physically, spiritually? You see, if you're not a Christian here today, this is probably like, whoa, what is he doing? What's going on so far? I I pray that you just listen in and lean in and, and agree or disagree, and that's fair. But more importantly, I hope... And pray that you consider what's going on in your own personal walk. Because honestly, if I'm just speaking truthful, today is designed for anyone who feels like you are enduring Christianity. And you're just going through the motions. You're not enjoying it anymore. You're just enduring it. You know, if we just be truthful and look into my life. You know, is it my job or is it my joy? And for some of you, you know, a couple years ago, you knew my story. This happened to me. I was enduring going to church because it was my job, being a youth pastor, being campus pastor. You know, I was reading my Bible. I was exploring more, digging deeper, going to seminary, working hard. And I even read all the Christian articles out there, all the, you know, podcasts that I get my hands on. And, and, but then something was stirring in me because I could tell that I wasn't really honest with myself. And I had a heart change with Jesus. I had a heart change with Jesus because he kept me up at nights and he wouldn't let me sleep. And it happened in my hammock in my backyard. This change took over two months and it was sleepless nights after sleepless nights. But, but when I fully came out of this enduring relationship with God, it moved me to a, v- a vibrant beginning of something new. And when that happened, there was no longer a, a moment of just enduring God It was more like I get to follow the one who created the universe, Jesus. And it's exciting and it's life-changing. And it's completely changed what I care about, which I hope changes more lives every single step of the way. And a verse that I came across when I started this is a verse that's kind of impacted me and it's allowed me to lean in even more. And it's changed everyone around here if we really follow what it says. And it's, it's found in the Gospel of John. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John. Chapter 1, it's not that hard. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the Gospels. These are the guys who followed Jesus. These are the guys who camped out with him and saw his, his, his ministry in motion. And, and they allowed themselves to just record some articles and, and documents. And, and this, is, this is the Gospel of John. And he writes in John chapter 12, verse 1. It says this, and this is what I have found out with with the place that we call home, is a lot of people sort of skip this first one. They skip it. They skip it completely. And it says right here, it says, Yet to all who, which is us, who did receive him, right? He received him. You see, what I have found out is we skip this one completely in our churches. And in the culture that I grew up, we didn't really receive him as much as we were taught to what? Believe in him. Just, just believe. Just come on down. Just get baptized. Just do this. Do that. And here comes the set of rules and lists. 
And now you're, you, know, you become a child of the one true king. And basically they, they, they taught us to do this, just to believe in his holy name, and you've now become a child of God. But in the Gospel of John, at the very beginning, he says, man, before you do that, you've you got to receive what he's giving. You've got to receive it so you can fully understand it. I know a lot of people who get baptized, and it's just a checklist. I know a lot of people take communion because it's just a checklist. I know a lot of people that don't cuss because it's a checklist. I know a lot of people that do a lot of things because it's a checklist because they were taught to just believe. And they skipped out on the most important piece of that scripture. They don't even know what it means to receive. You know, you go back to a father relationship. A father relationship, it's those moments of receiving. Huh? You with me? It's that moment of, of teaching my son and receiving the information, or my dad and him teaching me how to do all these things that has allowed me to become the man who I am today. I'm not just a dad, I'm a father. And it's changed me. It's allowed me to invest back into my children. You see, Jesus, Jesus is providing, inviting us into a relationship, not just something to believe in, not just a religion. He wants us to receive what he's offering. The problem is most people never receive him and we're taught just to believe in him and move on. Just do it. That's religion, guys. That's not a relationship. He goes on in Matthew. You flip your Bible backwards a couple chapters and you get into Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. I love what it says here. Jesus is talking clearly to people and he says three amazing words. Now, there's no way you can receive it if you don't understand it. And so if you, when you receive it, then you believe it and you're now your child of the one true king. You Guess what? Then you can hear these words clearly. And these words, these three simple words, these three simple words are come to me. Come to me. It doesn't say go to church. Hey, go to church and everything's going to be better. You see, that's not accurate. And a lot of people just say that all the time in this area. Just go to church. And Jesus is inviting us to something, something so much more. He's saying, hey, come to me. Come to me, the Father who put everything in motion. It's not going to be boring. It's going to be exciting because it's going to change you. Jesus is in a relationship to be enjoyed, not a religion to be endured. And a lot of people have put him into that category. You can clap if you like that stuff. That's okay. Jesus literally is a relationship to be enjoyed, not a religion to be endured. And I've got so many friends in this area that are just enduring God. And he wanted so much more for us. If you go on and continue that chapter in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, verse 30, it says, come to me, come to me, and all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, this, this whole portion here, it says, all who are weary and burdened. I guarantee it, none of you guys are that, right? None of you are weary and burdened. The truth is, almost every single one of you are. Because even this morning, I, I asked, and I wasn't proning, I was just asking How's your week been? I'm tired. I'm, I'm weary. Well, what'd you do? Burdened. I got kids. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm, I'm putting your words into the sermon. 
And you're telling me that you are weary and burdened and the best thing that you got is coming to church? This is going to make it better? Is it the checklist? Jesus says, come to me first. Come to me. And then, and then go to church. Get it right. Don't mess it up. Don't just go because you got to believe, right? Or because you're afraid you might miss out on the J train. Kirk Franklin. Had to throw it in there. You know, it goes on and says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest that you, you will enjoy, basically. It will change your life. In verse 29, it says, take my yoke. Now we're going to talk old school a little bit. Take my yoke upon you and you will learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Now then, if you don't know what a yoke is, hopefully there's a picture behind me of what a yoke looks like. But a yoke looks like that. And if you don't know what a yoke goes on, it sort of goes on these things. And that's myrtle and yurtle. And so, but... You know, it's, it's, it, is, it goes on to, you know, some, some uh, bulls, donkeys, oxes, whatever, and they sort of plow the ground. It keeps them together, it keeps them harnessed, and it keeps them moving in the same direction, and you basically put objects on them. You with me? You keep on adding more things to basically change the ground physically. Now put this into to, 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 to our modern-day picture of church. You, they're, they're saying this is the yoke of what the church can do. And, 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 and back in the day, Jesus is talking to, to his, his community, the Jewish community, and they understood this completely because that this is a picture that they modern see. And today, we don't really see it, but if I can draw the, the, the analogy over, a lot of people have experienced churches just like this. This is what it looks like to till the ground. This is what we got to do to be able to do this. This is the rules that you got to do. This is the dress that you have to wear. This is the, and this, come on, the list goes on. And this is the only way this is going to work. If you harness and you pull your weight and you do this and you do that and you do this and you do this. But Jesus says this, take my yoke. Take my yoke. And upon you, you will learn from me. You will learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. A lot of you are wore out because this is a checklist. A lot of you are are so wary because this has become a program for you. This has become just a, a routine, a ritual. And Jesus was like, it's not. This is so much more. I wanted you to receive something so much more. I wanted you to receive what I have to offer. And if your relationship with God is feeling difficult or burdened or wearing, then you're doing it wrong. If you're here today and you're just I almost imagine your relationship's jacked up with God. You're coming to church doing, doing it this way. Pulling it out. Bless the Lord on my soul. He can bless it, trust me. But if it's just this, it ain't going very far. 
It's just a couple little, I don't know, strings. But when you go all in and he gets your heart, get ready. It changes everything. Jesus wants us to enjoy him, not endure him. And so I came up with a, a quick list, sort of around the corner and head home. And, and it has to do with just with us and our relationship. And it's sort of simple. I, I think this is pretty accurate. And if you can just sort of see enduring religion on one side and enjoying God on one side. And when we endure religion, prayer becomes one of those moments of, uh, of you know, this is what we have to do. This is what we have to do just to, to connect. And, and I, you know, we have to do it before a meal. Oh, you know, you get that smack. Hey, don't put that chicken down. You've got to pray, right? Just to make it today, MC Hammer. So you got to, you know, go this route. You, you got you to gotta read your Bible. You got to read your Bible. Come on. If you didn't read your Bible today, you, you, you're going to hell, man. You know, you, I've heard that before. And I'm like, come on. Really? I ain't going to hell. I, I hope not. I, I know Jesus. But you're telling, I've heard that before. And, and in this area, we, we feel guilty. We, we're guilted into knowing more. Or I don't know enough, so I'll read it just because I, I want to know more to, so I can stump my pastor you know, or I can stump this guy or shut him up or I can use it literally as something to hammer somebody with down. Or maybe it's groups and, you know, uh, everybody around us are in groups and, you know, they're saying, oh, I just, I'll be a part of groups. But how is it that through our weekly routine, we just, we're so tired, we don't want to be a part of groups. We're just like, I pray it rains tonight or I pray a tornado comes. I just not want to go to group tonight. I hope that, you know, so, can I just get sick today, God, not sick tomorrow? You know, it's one of those moments. And then we get to the moment of serving. They always ask to serve. People always take that next step. I got to go through this. And I just, I avoid Jason on the way out because I don't want to serve. I just want to go in do my thing, get out of here, you know, and, and then this one, you know, no one wants to talk about this one because everybody wants my money. That's what it's always about. Church is always about money. When you endure religion, that's what it feels like. So it's just like a checklist. It's a do list. But when you start to enjoy God and you experience the favor that he wants for you, Prayer doesn't become just something you do. It's something you communicate and you develop a relationship with. It's that moment when you say, hey, Father. Hey, Abba. Hey, Dad. You receive what he's getting ready to offer to you, and it becomes a communication piece, literally, that falls from heaven. <laughs> I'm quick-witted, by the way. But it's those moments of clarity when prayer happens and it changes the literally trajectory of, of where you're going because you're in constant contact with God. When you start to read the Bible in a way that allows you to intimately know him more because these are words of wisdom that apply not just to you but for you to pass them on to the next generation and you can lean into not your understanding of things but his understanding it changes everything when you start to do life with people in ways that it creates movement towards other things it allows you to to lean in and you can't do life without being involved in a group and it, you want to be a part and you 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 cannot stand to miss like you crave it from the inside out like i can't wait to be around these people that i get to do life with because it's peaceful and it's wonderful and it, it changes your week and then serving 
When I get to go serve, I, I, I get a privilege. I get the honor of literally loving on people in ways that they need to be loved on. And Jesus said in John chapter 13, 35, he says, they'll know that you're my disciple by the way you love. And I get to go love on people. And when I love on people, they're not looking at me, they're looking at God. It changes everything when I get to serve people. And not just here at the loft, I'm talking about out in the people that we partner with, whether it be Havens Care, you know, the Grace Cafe, or up at Love Loud Now, and the Summer of the Blitz, and everything else. It literally changes everything when we partner in, in loving with God and allowing us to serve one another. And then this one. When I get to do this one, it just doesn't change, you know, my, 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 my number in my wallet. But what it really does is, is allow me to understand it's not my wallet in the first place. When I enjoy God, I begin to realize, wait a minute, this is, this is not my money. It's his, and he's blessed me, and now I get to bless others, and I get to see what we can do together, and we become a dangerous church when we get this right. We become a dangerous church when we start to enjoy God for all of his blessings, and we put all these things in motion. It's a movement which was started 2,000 years ago. And he just asked us one thing. Would you consider enjoying God versus enduring God today? And when we do it, and we do it well, it changes everything. It changes everything. And what I've realized is a couple things. Three quick ideas, if you're taking notes, is this. If, if, if you're struggling, if you are enduring it a little bit, I would encourage you to challenge yourself. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to, to, to do something different. Pour out your life instead of being a spiritual consumer and sucking it all in. Be a spiritual you know, contributor to the team. Because when you do this, you find it amazing because Jesus said literally, pour out your life and you'll find blessings. And I, number two, I would say this. I would say change your scenery. Maybe if you're always sitting down and you come here, maybe it's your turn to get up here and begin to speak or share your testimony or continue to fall. Or, or maybe it's, it's for your moment to go out and serve. Maybe it's your moment to literally serve some kids in Kidsville. If you need to, to sit somewhere different, maybe it's this side, this side, I don't know. Maybe some of you have claimed some seats and you're like, this is my seat. It feels nice and soft. Maybe you need to sit on the back row. Maybe this is the harsh one. Maybe it's time for you to find another church. I'm just being honest. If you're not being challenged here, maybe it's your moment to, to seek out God somewhere else so you can start to grow. And I'm okay with that because it's more important for me to, for you to grow spiritually somewhere where you can devote everything to God versus just endure it here. And I want that for you and I want that for your family. I know it sounds crazy, but hey, listen, I'm in it. To win it with Jesus. And I pray over you and your family. That's real. And the last one's this. I, I pray that you change what you care about. That it's not just a moment of popping off a little checklist. That's literally, it's, it's about something that was created for so much more that can literally be life-changing and exciting to be a part. And literally when people come into the presence of God, it's a celebration. And it's actually kind of beautiful. You see, Jesus said, come to me. 
Come to me in the beginning of, the, of this journey that changes everything. And I promise when we begin to enjoy life the, uh, versus enduring a relationship coming, when that moment happens, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's exactly what a beautiful relationship between a father and a son or daughter should look like. It's beautiful. And as a father, as a father, as an earthly father, I don't want to miss or, you know, I, I, I don't want my kids just to endure my relationship. I don't. I don't want them just to, yeah, we endured that today. I want them to be excited to come and to receive what I have for them in life. I want them to enjoy life to the fullest. And when they look back on life and when I'm said and gone, I hope they say it was beautiful. It was a beautiful relationship. And they celebrate that in a way that literally lives can be changed. Not because of me, but because the God inside me allowed me to experience something. But when I said, I receive it. And it's changed me from the inside out. I believe that is exactly what it should look like with our relationship with our Heavenly Father. When we get to heaven, our relationship with Jesus will be even more beautiful than we can ever fathom when we receive what he has to offer first. The question mark remains. Is it this? Or is it this for you? Let me pray for us. Jesus, Thank you so much for what you're doing. And I just pray that God just, <laughs> a lot of us have just endured church because of the area that we grew up in. But I pray that it's, today is a starting point of, of us enjoying God and it's changing a culture and it's changing what we care about so we can move closer and be more devoted towards you. God, I pray that we literally celebrate what you're doing and we, we literally get fired up when we get to that moment of a relationship that changes our culture and it moves people more intimately to be more devoted towards you. God, I, that's my prayer. That for every father in here, that it's no longer enduring coming to church, but it's it's enjoying you. And they lead their families that way. God, I pray that these men of faith in this room step up and enjoy the favor that you have to bestow upon them simply by receiving the blessings that you want to pour out on us as your sons and daughters. And God, forgive us when we just make it about ourselves and we get bored and we just endure because that's not what you had intended for it to look like. Jesus, I just pray that it becomes that beautiful motion of us sitting at the feet of you and leaning in and listening and learning and putting everything into application so we can change the world. But first, it starts with our heart. And when we give that over to you, man, that's just beautiful. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And I pray blessings upon my friends in your name. Amen. Hey, we're going to sing a song. The altar's open. You just respond how God's asking you to. And I pray it's a beautiful relationship that can change everything.